As we're growing in the harvest, we're always taking a time to, to uh, uh, thank the Lord first, uh, first off, but celebrate the harvest as uh, farmers are getting the harvest out. It's just that time of year. And normally we do a capital campaign. And, and last year, I think we raised over two hundred and probably over $250,000 in a year, probably more than that, above our tithes and offerings, which I thought was pretty awesome during covid but, but man, it came around quick, and here we are, and it's harvest, and, and it's time for a capital campaign. Are you all excited about a capital campaign today? Let's all stand up and praise the Lord. Come on, you guys. I'm not seeing that excitement. There, we got a couple. We got a couple. All right, we're getting there. You can be seated. I wasn't expecting you to stand, but, but that's, that's awesome. But the Lord, he uh, began to work on me. And he began to tell me, he said, this year, I want the campaign to be winning the lost. Winning the lost and the unchurched. And, and I know so many people that are unchurched that, that can't find, a, find that right place, it seems like. And, and that right niche. And the Lord showed me that there's a lot of unchurched people out there that know him that need a church family. But also there's lots and lots and lots of unsaved people out there that need the Lord. And so the Lord has told me, and and I believe he's told the church that that this capital campaign, or this campaign this year, let's focus on on winning souls and bringing the unchurched into the house. Let's fill the house. And the Lord told me because of the excitement that that generates, the excitement that, that, man, you ever led somebody to Christ? Man, that brings all kinds of joy. Or you prayed for somebody and they were healed. Or you prayed for somebody and a demon was delivered out of them. Man, there's nothing more exciting to see the move of God like we've seen today. And when we see that excitement, man, we're willing to give above our time and our talents. We're willing to say, God, take it all. And so, yeah, we do have a goal to raise 150000 but... But our goal is, most importantly, because the Holy Spirit told us, is to win the loss. How many of us today know somebody 
that is lost. Let's give a thumbs up because online, online you can give a thumbs up. But if you know somebody that's not saved, just give a thumbs up today. What about somebody that, that loves the Lord but just done church? Let's give a thumbs up. And as I look around and across in here, it would be easy to fill the house with just the hands that were raised today of people you know that don't know Jesus or that are unchurched. They're all over the place. They're out there. And God has called us to fill the house. And by these hands that were raised, we see that we have people that we know that we can accomplish this with. To help us remember and to keep up with this each week, we're going to put a slide four up. But it's a slide that shows all the chairs. And we counted the chairs at the East facility. We counted the chairs at the South facility. And we counted the chairs here. And there's 576 chairs in our facility. And we've been averaging the last few months, the summer months, of course, we're down a little bit. But we actually were up from last year this time. But, but 320 average just at the worship services, just at the Sunday worship services. And so we're not talking about the midweek and the online. And, and again, online, there's going to be a place for that. We're just talking about in-house. And so we see that we got some empty seats. I want to challenge those online. If you can come out and join us at one of our facilities, man, do that. Come in person. But we also realize that if you can't, that, that Golden City, you can fill the house over there. People watching online, you can fill the house that you're in. You can invite people over to your home family and friends, but we all can participate in filling the house. So the Lord said, you know, well, let's talk about some exciting things that, that's going on that maybe that, that people would help people to share and to, to be able to get involved in what we're talking about. And I want to show the slide. The other day, just $500 uh, we put in the offering plate. I mean, we, we took out of the offering plate, if you will. And we sent it to a guy in, in Africa, Liberia, Africa, and it's slide number six. But anyway, they were needing uh, uh, some, he didn't ask for it, to be honest with you, but, but they were doing a charge conference, if you will. They were doing a, a, a get-together, and Liberia divided up into four districts. And the Reverend Bestman, we know, and he's responsible for one of them districts. And he was talking to me about it, and the Lord's nudged me to send him $500. So we just wired $500 over there. Man, it made his day. He automatically texts back this picture that's behind me. And man, they went out and they started building tents. You know, when he texts me, hey, we put a tent up. I'm thinking he went and bought one at Coggleizer or something. But no, they literally built a tent. And we can see the next slide that they went out and bought canvases and laid them down and tarps and laid them down so that they could be waterproof. Now get this. Would you guys go to a conference when it's 110 degrees and humidity is 100 and you're sleeping in those places and there's no good water and there's lack of food and you're going to go spend four days in one of those huts and four days sleeping in one of those huts? Man, they're excited. And the next slide is the churches. And this is probably what blessed me is we, Oakton does a lot of giving. Just go out and look at our missions board. But, but there's a lot of exciting things we do. But this $500 just, I don't know why, but it really moved me this time because we helped the group one. 11 churches in Liberia to, to come closer and grow closer in the Lord together. 
So with $500, we helped 11 churches in Liberia. And let's give the Lord praise for that today. And that's something that we can be excited about. And it's not in us. It's, it's because we are faithful to give. It takes money to also do the ministry, and we need to remember that today. But the Lord has put on my heart, and, and each week we're going to have a, 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 a special thing, or what I call an action step, that we can do uh, to help us get people involved in what Oakton's doing, to help us get involved, but also to, to let us have a reason to talk about Oakton and say, hey, won't you come out and check this out this day? But while you're there, you can share your testimony about Jesus Christ. And some ways that you can get involved in slide nine is, is that, that a midweek prayer, the Lord's put on my heart to, to spend a day in prayer. And we're going to start at six o'clock on Wednesdays, just here in the sanctuary. And you just come out whatever time's good for you. But 6 a.m. on Wednesday, and, and the, the place is always unlocked from nine to four. But, but the place will be opened up until eight o'clock. Come in here and pray, but, but I, as a pastor, I'm going to try to be here every, every, day, or every Wednesday at 6 and just pray with anybody that wants to come in at that time. So prayer is the key to what we're talking about today. Another thing is we've got our midweek Bible studies, and there, there will be a Bible study that, that's centered around what we're talking about the next few weeks. But October the 6th is Operation Christmas Child. And that's a way, again, that we can say, you know, just talking to our friends and neighbors and those we raised our thumbs up for earlier, that, hey, we're doing Operations Christmas Child on the 6th here. Why don't you come out and help us pack a gift to go over to, to Albania or to, to wherever these things go, where these boxes go. And come out and be a part of that with Oakus. And by the way, tell them about Jesus and share your testimony. We see that in October the... The uh, 10th, Aaron Jones will be here with Drury College, and he'll be speaking uh, for about 10 minutes about the Drury Go at Oakton, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But October 14th, the Lamar Chambers will be here. That's a Thursday for, or this is tentative, but I think it's going to happen, for a ribbon cutting for the Drury Go, and we'll get into that later. October the 17th, Nathan Bay will be here to talk about true charity, how to really help people that are down and out and, and just need a shot in the arm and a good biblical way to do it. And I've heard the a, a form of the sermon he's going to be preaching and it's out of this world. And he'll be with us the 17th again, a way to invite people out and to share your testimony. On October 17th, we have an evangelism outreach. We do every third week of the month and we've been working Web City, but, but we'll be working an area again where we're going the old style, just door knocking but a way to go out and share your testimony and tell somebody about Jesus. October 20th, we got a community youth service here, correct? And all the youth of, of, of Barton County or most of Barton County will be in our youth room on a Wednesday night. What better way to invite somebody to church and share your testimony when all the area youth are going to be in one place? October 29th is a hallelujah night on the square in Lamar. Another opportunity to hand out a track to, to pray for somebody as they're celebrating uh, 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 Halloween, we're celebrating Jesus and who he is. And that's one of the biggest outreaches we have a year each year, but that's a way that you can get involved in the community. But we need you to help with this. Uh, I, I can't do it all by myself. 
And the Lord has called you to go in the world as well. And there's ways that we can do that. And I've already hit all over today. You can share your testimony. But, but something that I found that was quite creative and fell into this week was we just launched our, our Oakton Church app six or eight weeks ago. And, and Thursday, I just told three people to download the app, just kind of in passing and kind of tell them a little bit about what Oakton's going on. And four people loaded, downloaded that app that day. Three of them were the ones I talked to. And that's the way, and I hope they're watching today. Again, just little ways that we can connect with people and tell them about Jesus Christ. Uh, just in passing, saying little things, but, but trying to give you little nuggets to nudge you. Uh, in the foyer, there's little cards that you can take with you that show all the service times in Oakton. That way, if you forget them like I do, I always butcher that. But it shows the service time, so you can just invite them. And again, it allow you an opportunity to share your testimony. See, my goal is that we lead people to Christ, then bring them to church. But we all raised our thumb up that we got people that we're working on that, that maybe are unsaved or unchurched or that we just like to see in the building. And I praise God for four of them right there, Brock and Grace, and Daniel. And what's your name again? Oh, yeah, I got to give her a hard time. And now I did go blank. No, <laughs> Rose. But, but kiddingly, uh, Rose went off to college. She got married and so did Grace. And they get married and they bring these good looking guys back. And I've been trying to get them back in Oakton, but they think their jobs are more important. So I'm putting a little bit of peer pressure on them, you know, and, they're, and all this. And, but, but last night, I got to admit, I was working what I'm talking about today. I went to Daniel and I said, Daniel, what would it take to get you guys here? And he said, a jet plane. He flies planes. That's his job. And we don't have any airports in LaVar that would, you know, take a jet plane, you know. But, but is that not what you said? Yeah. And you guys heard it. That's what he said. And so, guys, again, it's important to give to the ministry so that we can buy jet planes to get people to Christ. Okay? But, but the Lord and the Holy Spirit are so awesome, you know. And camera people, you're going to have to follow me. Sorry. But they love it when I go off script. But, but I went to digging, and I found a jet plane. I found a jet plane. And, and we're flying over here to Daniel. And, and, and here, Daniel, uh, I'm just going to see now if you're a man of your word. And, and, see, you yeah, see you next week. And, and I love you, brother. And, and see, and now, if you don't get the plane back, my mom's going to be really upset because that's older than I am. So. But that's the, the, the fun of all this. You know, we're joking around, and I understand that that may be dirty. That was out in the garage. It was pretty rough. <laughs> but but uh, Dad kept saying, I was taking her down. You're going to get dust all over you. But, uh, but again... We need to be, that's the last point I'm going to share when we get in the sermon, but he thought, man, he's not done yet, but, but, uh, but we need to be joyful about what we're doing. And if we take the word and the message of Jesus Christ to people with joy, it's something they're not used to. And so I tell you, we're just doing these things to help you to think outside the box to where it gives you an opportunity and you can look for opportunities to share your testimony with somebody and share the love of Jesus with somebody because people need joy in their lives more than anything right now. So anyway, I'll put a slide 11 up. I'm all over the place today. 
But, but these are the sermons uh, I'm going to be preaching. I'll be here every Sunday, but, but there'll be uh, three Sundays that somebody else will be in the pulpit. But one week that I'm excited about is uh, also is uh, week six, and it's bricks and mortar. And we're going to have Jeremy Ruddick as our uh, uh, pastor cha- staff chair and, and Joe Meadows as our trustee. And they're going to come up and share some vision on why your staff and, and the bricks and mortar are important. And so lots of things going on this month. There'll be more. Uh, to be honest with you, I could share 30 things a week probably that you could get involved in doing. But we're going to try to share some action steps each week that will, again, help you get involved. Let's turn your Bibles today and back into the harvest. Let's turn to your Bibles to uh, uh, Matthew 9.35. And I'm going to share some probably six or seven quick points that, that on how important this is. Again, Matthew 9.35. Uh, Matthew 9, 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease, every affliction. When he saw the crowds, you guys hear that, every disease and affliction, that's why this is so important. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in the harvest. And that's what God has called us to do. And that's why that we're focusing on this the next seven weeks is because this is a commandment from the Lord. You know, our mission statement at Oakton is Mark 16, 15. And then our mission statements, go, save, disciple, sin. In other words, go, save, disciple, sin. It's continuous. Yeah, pastor, I hear that all the time. We need to continue on in the movement of God and not let it grow cold. But the first thing the Lord put on my heart is to be a good shepherd. And he said, people are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And, and I know Jesus is the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the, the most awesome shepherd. But he was talking to Peter one day and he asked Peter to feed his sheep, take care of his sheep, and to feed his sheep. Three times he, he asked Peter to follow through and be the shepherd, the little shepherd, if you will, because Jesus went to be with the Father. And Jesus anointed us as he anointed Peter when he went to the Father. He said, you'll do more in my name because I've gone to be with the Father. And we need to remember that and, and, and press into that, that God has not left us alone. He's left us his Holy Spirit. And we'll, we talk about that all the time, but he will teach us and remind us of all things. But we need to be that shepherd and to the point that the shepherd lays down their life. And Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And Jesus laid his life down for us because the gospel message was so important. That he came from heaven to us to give us an opportunity to receive 
heaven like he was basking in, if you will. And he made an opportunity for us to go there. So again, we should be so excited about what he's doing in our lives that we can't help but talk about it and be that little shepherd, if you will. And by the way, I got excited here. All these notes are in the app, and you can follow along on the, also on the overhead behind me. If you look at the app, the sermon notes are in there. Also, all the dates that we just discussed. But God needs good shepherds, good little shepherds, if you will, to go to the helpless and harassed. We see that our government is helpless and harassed. And a lot of times we sit around and just complain about the government instead of being that little shepherd that can make a difference in the government. And I thought about that, that, that Mike and Ann Kelly that go to Oakton here, that are representatives uh, in our district, and man, they do this. They've got a passion for the government. They realize they're helpless. They realize they're harassed. And so they're taking the gospel of Jesus Christ there in a great way. And I praise God for people, little shepherds, that go and lead the helpless and harassed. On the state level, we could talk about that as well. But our community, Lamar, Barton County, Jasper County, you know, Dade County, all these counties that we're involved with, Liberia, Albania, Mozambique, Israel, Burma, the places that Oakton's contacted with, they are helpless and harassed. People all around that need Little shepherds, if you will. People to bring a joyful message of Jesus Christ that brings change into people's lives. But our church needs little shepherds. Needs people in the church to raise up. Guys, we offer Sunday school and lots of Sunday school. We offer lots of Wednesday nights, but we don't have enough care teams. And we got three or four care teams But man, these small groups is what we need to stay connected. We need to press into the things of God together. And we need little shepherds, all of you operating in the giftings and callings that God has put upon your lives. As I was studying this, and it was kind of confirmed Friday night at the marriage retreat, which was awesome. Man, Jonathan Evans brings it. He's really good. And we had uh, uh, several come out for that, but... But the Lord really had been putting on my, on my heart, kid, a lot of, of our leaders, meaning maybe sitting in this room today, are helpless and harassed. And he began to show me it was because of, of busyness. And I kind of already alluded to it, opening the service up, but, but I think the Lord has that word for a lot of us today that, that we get so busy with life and, and the sad thing that the busy things that we're doing are good. Their family, friends, children, sports, school, all these things. But when they become a God or makes us take our eyes off of him long enough that we're not in church, that we're not in daily prayer, that we're, we're not in, in our care groups, that we're not joyfully telling people about Christ, we begin to be helpless and defeated ourselves. And they shared a lot of couples that were Christian couples that had been living for the Lord many years that how they allowed busyness to get in and just basically almost closed the door in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And they gave the best advice is that maybe just take a step back 
and examine your life and say, am I too busy for my relationship with the Lord? Am I too busy for my relationship with my wife or spouse? Am I too busy for my relationship with my children? Am I too busy for my relationship with my church, my giftings and callings? And that's what the Lord's really burning on me, that we got to guard against this. Because it's easy to get busy in this world. There's such a demand in this world to go, 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 go. Man, you're so available. I was in a meeting the other day and got 18 calls or texts in the meeting. And I had it on silent, but it was making enough noise it disrupted the meeting. We're too accessible. And maybe we need to take a step back And look at our relationship with our Lord. I was listening to Stephen Furtick the other day. And I about jumped out of my car for joy. Because he made a a, start talking about that. That him and his wife were so busy. And they're running and they're going. And they're doing all these things. and, And they were going to a ball game. And I thought well. And he goes we went to that ball game. We opened up the door. And we let my kid out. And I don't remember if it was son or daughter. And I let him out. And then me and my wife went on a date. It was dead silence. Because that's unthinkable that a parent doesn't go to a game. That's unthinkable that a parent focuses on their relationship with God or their relationship with their wife or husband more than their children. We have almost made children gods in our lives. And they almost run the house. I told Joe when he wants to build a youth group, bring the children in, you'll get the parents. Because we follow the children instead of allowing the children to follow us. And we're following Jesus. And so we need to be good shepherds. And that's what the Lord had put on my heart about that part. So that part is take a step back and examine yourself today. Examine yourself now. Examine yourself at these altars and allow God to do something. So that we can be effective to win people to Christ and to bring the unchurched in that don't have a home. Number two, be compassionate about winning souls. Matthew 9, 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Again, how many of us know somebody that is unsaved or somebody that's unchurched, that is helpless and harassed? Do we have compassion on them? Do we have the want to to help them? Or do we help them gossip and complain about their life? Jesus had compassion for every person he came into contact with. Compassion here in the Greek means a deep concern for the suffering or misfortunes of others. When Jesus saw you or saw me, he had compassion. And I'm glad he did. Because I experienced his Holy Ghost in my life and I got saved. I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I went into the ministry. And I'm happier than I've ever been. I praise God for Jesus' compassion. But as little shepherds, we need to have that same compassion. Do we want everybody to be saved and come into a knowledge and understanding of Jesus and God just like Jesus did? 
Jesus and God want everybody to be saved, but are we picking and choosing who we will allow into our house, our church, or who we will even share their testimony to? Because a lot of times the people we want to share our testimony to aren't going to be our first pick. But Jesus looked at him and he had compassion at him on him because he wanted to save him, save them from hell. Again, I was talking about I've done several funerals or been involved in several funerals last month. But the first thing that comes to my mind when somebody, that phone rings and they said, Kent, do you want to do the funeral? The first thing that comes to my mind is, are they saved? Usually the question that I'm asked by you is, are they saved or do they know the Lord? And guess what, guys? It's too late by then. We can't pray dead people into heaven. And I've been asked to do that the last year. So when we think about all these people that we gave a thumbs up for today, do we have enough compassion for them to do something about it? Do we have enough compassion to them not to be worried about when they die, oh, I missed the boat. I went and ministered to somebody this week that I have for years. And I think I can say this without, I know I can say it without giving them away because they haven't been here in years. And, and I got so aggravated and I was walking away and something hit me is that I wanted to go back and say, do you know Jesus? Because I'm going to be doing your funeral soon. And I, and I backed away and I, I wonder if I should have. And we'll get into that because the next point is, are we aggressive enough? And so the Lord began to work on me. Were you aggressive enough? Because the world always asks us or tells us, you can't be aggressive when it comes to the gospel. But my goodness, we're driving around the road and, and you cut me off. I can go into road rage and be aggressive. It's okay then. No, I can be aggressive at a ball game when when somebody fouls my kid or hurts my kid. Hey, referee, call that! We can get aggressive on those things, but when it comes to the gospel, can we be aggressive? And I think the Holy Spirit told me we need to be more aggressive with the gospel. And now in saying that, we can say anything we want to say, it's how we say it. And we say it with the love of Jesus and how Christ would say it. Christ was very aggressive in his ministry. We need to be aggressive in who we are taking to Christ. My wife, for her birthday last week, we went to Branson. And that's what we were doing Sunday. And anyway, I watched with you online. Joe did a great job again. Thank you. And anyway, it's nice to get away and know that Jim and Joe and the staff's got it covered that's why bricks and mortar are so important. But all the things my wife wanted to do, she wanted to go to a timeshare and listen to a spiel. I despise that type of thing. And, and I told her no the whole time, and then Monday, she just keeps working on me. 
batting the pretty eyes and I love you, baby, and you're so awesome, you're the best preacher I know, and you know. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> Third best. <laughs> she likes my dad. Uh, but she talked me into going. But the only reason she wanted to go, and I knew it, she wasn't going to buy that timeshare, and it gets embarrassing for me because I don't like confrontation. I don't like aggressiveness. And I, I let her talk me into it because you got a $250 cash gift card, Visa, to do whatever you wanted with it. And then I think three days and, or four days and three nights of a resort wherever you wanted to go. That's the only reason she wanted to go is to get that. I said, okay, honey. And I started thinking of all the scriptures, you know, Lord help me. No. And so we go in there and, and, and get set up. And, but I think it was a God thing. Because they were very aggressive because they were giving away a lot of money, a lot of value. And I'm thinking, man, what's more valuable than Christ? We need to be more aggressive with sharing that message. And the Lord began to deal with me, and I went in there that I was just going to say, whatever she thinks. Because she already told me I can't buy it because I usually give in on stuff like that. <laughs> whatever she thinks. But, but we went in and we had the opening session that was talking about how wonderful and how much they were giving us and all these things. And everybody was all excited. Yay, yay, yay. They asked me what I did and I said, I'm in the ministry. And they thought, thought I said the military and they all gave a standing ovation. <laughs> and I'm over here going, no, it is the military, but it's ministry. And I don't think they ever did know I was in the ministry, but, but I was getting a lot of thank you, brother, for serving for us, you know. And, and I made me feel good because ministry's tough, you know. And, and, but I'll never forget that part. But, but boy, I did feel good. It's Pastor Appreciation Month coming up, so I'm, I'm ahead of the game, you know. But, but again, they had four effective ways of attack, if you will. Again, that opening presentation, then they went in and put you with a salesperson. This person was so aggressive that, that he offended me. And to the point, this is the honest truth, where the point is, is you know how hard it is getting me worked up. I slammed the table and I said, I'm leaving. I don't want to hear this. Uh, you can keep your money. You can keep all your gifts. It's not worth the abuse that you're giving me. That's how aggressive they were. And I don't want to tell you, well, to be honest with the truth, um, he slammed James River. And that upsets me that, that people and the devil works against ministries that are doing good things. And I let that slide, but, you know, and, I'm, and then he, he looked at me, he goes, you're, are you a minister? And I said, yeah, I am. But I, you know, forgive him, went on. But as we went on there, I was letting Karen answer like I already told you. And so I'd say anything, I'd say, well, whatever she thinks, you know. Well, he finally looked at me and he said, Mr. Garfield, it's apparently that you have pulled up and that you're not involved in this conversation so we just as well stop now. Okay. I took that one. But then he began to pit me and my wife against each other. To the point where that's when I got angry. But you know what's neat is I was praying the whole time because I knew the Lord was going to do something. I said, Lord, get me alone with this guy. And the Lord gave me an opportunity to be alone with this guy. He closed the door in a room. And so I whipped him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
it's hard to, to minister to somebody that made you mad, isn't it? And, and this is your life and their, your ministry and everything. But, but I began to share with him, brother, you know, you did offend me today, I guess. I guess you did. And I shared with him about ministries and, and how that offended me when it's a good thing. And I go, do you go to church? And he shared and we had a good conversation. And I go, the other thing that really bothered me is I know you're trying to sell something, but your strategy was to divide my, me and my wife. And the reason that I kept quiet is, is she's more important than this product and I'm not going to allow you to divide us. And maybe you ought to think about that in your presentation or do more uplifting things. But, but anyway, we use these things. I wasn't planning on talking about all this. It's taking too long, but, but it was an opportunity to minister to somebody. And again, we shook hands at the end, not even buying the product. But as they could see and they could tell that I wasn't going to buy and give in, he goes, well, I know you're upset. And I said, no, we're past that. But he goes, you need to talk to my manager to make sure I don't want to go out here and you get me in trouble. And so the manager comes over. It was step two is all it was. The manager come in with a better deal and a bigger deal and a bigger smile. And he played the good guy. We had a good talk. Then when I told him no, he wasn't very nice. He goes, well, I need to give you the exit interview. And I said, praise God, we're getting out of here. And he goes, well, he's going to ask you what you think about the presentation. They did not ask me one thing about what I thought about the presentation. They made an even better pitch, almost a pitch that I couldn't deny. And my wife's saying, no, no, no. But, and then we finally said no and, and walked out. But the Holy Spirit showed me they had a, a plan of attack. They had four aggressive ways, and they held nothing back to win over people to a product they thought was awesome. And what I noticed is him and all these people said they had a 50% signing rate, meaning 50% of the people within there signed up because they were that aggressive. And what we do, hey, Joe, do you know Jesus? Oh, sorry, Joe. We apologize. When we got the best product out there and we need to pray and have a plan of action on how to win people to Christ. And that's what we're doing this month to help you to do that. Number four, preach the gospel in your community. And I'm going to move through these because time gets away. But, but, um, but preach the gospel in your community. Jesus aggressively preached the gospel in his community. Um, and that's what we need to be a part of the community and, and be a part of what's going on. Uh, he actively hung out with unbelievers. Do you guys realize those in the synagogue were not believers of the Christian faith? Do you guys realize that? They weren't believers in Christ. He was trying to win them. And, and those in the synagogue, the priests, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they're the ones that put him on the cross. We need to go into the places in the community and everywhere to tell the message of Jesus Christ. And, and we need to be among the sinners. And I'm not telling you to sin because I'm a pet peeve. I think Christians use, uh, uh, do what they want to do and, and by grace. And I, don't, I think if we love Jesus, we try not to sin or do our best anyway. But, but Jesus in Luke 15, 2 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners are all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. We need to go to the sinner. We need to go to the lost. We need to go to the helpless, the, the hurting. 
Again, these action steps that, that I'm so excited and I told you I was going to talk about. I am really pumped about Drury Go and Drury College that we're doing. And again, the 10th, Aaron's going to be here for 10 minutes or so on the 10th. But, but the 14th, we're going to try to be, do a ribbon cutting day. But Drury College is part, Oakland is partnering with Drury College to give kid, people an opportunity to get an education that normally wouldn't have done it. Uh, some of us, we don't, we don't have time or, or we don't have a place or just like me as a kid, I was going to be a farmer. I didn't need to go to college and found out I wasn't going to be a farmer and I needed to go to college. But we're trying to connect with Drury Go and have classes here at the church. If you go over to the corner, there's a lab already set up with 14 or 15 computers and we're going to be offering classes. And you say, oh, big deal. It gets people in church. And guess what, guys? When the Chambers puts that in the paper... People are going to walk up to you and say, aren't you guys going to, do you guys go to Oakton? Yes, I do. Man, Oakton's awesome. And it gives you an opportunity to share your testimony about Jesus Christ. And that's why we do things. And be honest with you, I've got other agendas on that and we'll get into another day. But, but, but that's why these, these action points are so important. We need to go into the community. We need to be a part of the community. We're evangelizing. We're, we're doing the, 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 um, hallelujah night on the square. We're, we're doing all different ways of getting out there. And five, we just need to go. We need to go proclaiming the gospel, the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. And, and Jesus was talking about teach and instruct and proclaim and, and all these things. Proclaim means a public cry uh, uh, to preach as a herald of divine truth. In other words, that, that you're going out excited and, and happy about a divine truth of Jesus Christ, the good news with an angelic presence, if you will, glad tidings of Christ and his salvation. That was the example they gave in the, for the Greek. Then I thought of the, world, the, word, the, the word in Luke and the song we get, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. That's the way we need to go out. We need to go out with that exciting message that hark the herald angels sing. Hark Kent sings, there's a newborn king, come and be with Jesus. He heals every disease. How many of you know people that are afflicted and diseased? He takes the sickness and the pain, the sorrow and the weakness away. We have that at our disposal and it's not in Kent's name, it's in Jesus' name. And we do it because we have compassion and we're aggressive to quickly lay hands on and pray for people. Whenever somebody comes up to you and say, man, pray for me, pray them right there. Pray it right on the spot. We'll see your faith and your aggressiveness to not worry about what's going on around you, but pray for them. And I know there's times you need to be sensitive, but, but think about that. But we must take every opportunity to pray and minister to every disease and every affliction. Because Jesus healed every disease and affliction. So it needs to be serious with us. We need to pray for the harvest, number six, that the harvest is plentiful. We realize the workers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord that the, har- the, uh, the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. We need to pray for this. Hear that word when you say pray, and it means to beg for, entreat, and implore. Man, God, raise people up at Oakton. That's what we're going to be praying about Wednesday. That's what you guys pray about during the day this week. Father, raise us up. Put souls in our life. And then the Lord put it on my heart. Farmers, how do you prepare for the harvest? Every one of you has got a plan of action 
to plant your fields. Again, we need to have a plan of action. We prepare the soil. Same way in, the, in, the, in evangelizing. We pray for the seed that it grows strong. We pray for rain, sunshines, sunshine, and, and, and we pray for protection against the, the, the elements. And then we pray for the harvest. We need to pray the same way for these people that we gave a thumbs up to earlier today. We need to have an action plan. We need to to dig the soil. We need to pray for the seed. We need to pray God rains on them. We need to pray God's protection over them and pray for the harvest. Go save disciple sin so that they can go save disciple sin so that they can go save disciple sin. And last but not least, number seven, go in the joy of the Lord. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. A lot of you are miserable because you're not sharing the message. When you sit on that, 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 that Jesus in you, it can get you miserable if you're not letting it out. I call it the tick syndrome. You know, a tick gets in the dog and it sucks and it gets real big. Then you squish him and that goes everywhere. That's what's happened when we don't, we don't talk about Jesus. We just get ticks. Then our feet are like this and we're rolling around the floor and we can't move around. Really? That's what happens. I just grossed everybody out in here. Well, you can go to the altar for a stomach ache. No, I'm just kidding. But we need to be excited about being in Christ. And, and I may preach on this tonight, but Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And again, when you receive Christ, you're in Christ. The Bible represents Christ. You're in him and wherever he goes, you go. Wherever you go, he's there. You're in Christ. And we need to be joyful about that. All the spiritual things that God blesses us with. I want you guys to stand to your feet today. And have you examined your hearts today? Have you examined your hearts today? And, and are you a good shepherd today? Are you a good little shepherd, if you will? Are you being a good shepherd today? If you need to come to the altars and pray about that today, let's do that. What about the aggressiveness, the compassion, the, all these things? I don't want to tell you what to come up here for, but I believe the Lord wants to do a harvest in your life. And when he does a harvest in our life, then we can go out and do harvest in other people's lives. You just may simply want to come up here and pray for the harvest. But most importantly, if you're here today and you don't need Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, Come to these altars. I want to pray for you. Man, the, the November 7th, we're going to be doing baptisms, dedications. Man, I'm hoping we got 50 people to baptize, but we got to get busy. Amen? But Father, the word has been presented to your people. And Father, shepherds, let us examine our lives today. And Lord, I ask that, that we take action. Lord, I was, I was refreshing the leadership class I had at Freeman And we had action step to every request we had. And Father, we heard your word today, Lord. Let us take action in our lives. Father, if there'd be anyone here and saved, Lord, let them take action and come forward.
Father, if there are anyone here today that's heavy laden and needs a refilling and renewing in your Holy Ghost, Father, let them come and be renewed. But Father, move upon your people today. Father, you want to touch their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come.